Hello, welcome to another episode of Nail Junkie. My name is Ari. I am your solo host today. Solo host meaning I still don't have any interviews secured yet. Bear with me, it's December 30th, 2020. Even if I did have interviews secured, I probably wouldn't rush them in here during the holidays. Uh, I'm on holiday break from my job, my real job. Everyone else is too. Everyone's taking it easy. So, you know, I'm not putting too much pressure on myself or anyone else to get back to me. But I am definitely, definitely still working on it. Still, uh, actually, my goal for 2021 is to secure and record at least 15 uh, interviews. And that includes engineers and executives at startups in the micro or nanotech space and also grad students and engineer uh, sorry grad students and researchers maybe uh, some postdocs in there i'm going to try to tackle everything from student all the way up to um executive if i can but 15 total for 2021 is my goal uh, 2021 starts in two days so how about that in the meantime, I don't want to be completely silent, so I'm trying. I'm kind of trying to fill the void here, uh, on in terms of the podcast. Uh, so I haven't released anything because a it's the holidays, and b uh, I am working on security those interviews. And one of my biggest challenges, which I will share because you know Nano Junkie is meant to record the journey, my journey, and learning, and sharing that. And so part of that journey is the challenges. My One of my biggest challenges now is finding the best way to approach people. Uh, you know, it's kind of weird for me. It's kind of weird whenever I, like, DM a couple of grad students and they're just like, yo, I was creeping on your profile and I, I really like your experience. Um, can I ask you something? Can I ask you about you know, X, Y, Z, whatever I saw. And usually people are pretty, people tend to be um, receptive on LinkedIn, even for random DMs like mine. I've never actually messaged grad students before. I don't know if, if I'm going to get a, I don't know if I'm going to get a response from them. But either way, like, I want to, I want to optimize my approach to people. I want to, um, try to convince them that, you know, I'm not just some random dude who's just trying to, like, siphon information from their group or something or just be a creeper. I'm, I'm trying to be like, hey, look, here's my NanoDunkey platform. Here's my social media. Here's my website. But, you know, all in all, I'm, I'm trying to, like, tune my best response for um, for approaching people in code DMs to figure out more about them and see if they want to be a part of the platform even but yeah, uh, it's a good experience, you know. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not mad at it. I'm not like, at, like, look, I, 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 I think I can get 50 people in 2021 in the entire year. My 2020 was very long. Uh, felt very long for many reasons that I don't need to get into. But 2021, I think I can do it. That's like a little bit over. That's averaging more than one a month, a little over one a month. And if I can't do it, then, you know, oh, well, the I have I still want something to shoot for. And that's why that goal is there.
Anyway, um, ending that sub rant back to what I want to talk about today is, oh, I have four blog posts on nanojunkie.com. If you haven't seen it yet, feel free to check it out. Uh, one of them in particular, which I'll discuss a little bit more today, is why is nanotech important? And this is kind of the whole reason why I have NanoJunkie platform to begin with, because I think it is important and I need to, and I want to, I want to show other people why it's important. So basically you can't talk about nanotech without talking about Moore's law. Moore's law, law, take that with a grain of salt. Usually a scientific law means that uh, it's a, an educated guess that's been proven time and time again and that the physics support basically near perfectly uh, over many, many time, over much, many, many years and much, much uh, uh, time and many, many, many experiments. And so Moore's law is actually a trend. It's kind of like if you ever if you ever been in an algebra class and you had to plot like the the line of best fit or like a linear fit like linear regression and that line kind of doesn't hit any of the points but it somehow represents all of them that's <laughs> that's basically what Morris law is Morris law is a trend that gives you a rough estimation of the direction in which the in which microtechnology and nanotechnology is headed. And so what Morse Law basically says is that the number of transistors on the same size computer chip doubles roughly every two years. What that means is the transistor being the fundamental component in these large circuits that power, that control memory and processing in our consumer devices and our smartphones and our you know laptops and basically any electronic that we have that uses any type of processing power that includes your car, that includes like your TV, the fundamental component in that that uh, allows, that enables the memory and the computational power is the transistor. And so what this Moore's law or trend is saying is that the processing power of a chip, if the chip is the same size, a processing power in that area will double roughly every two years. So that means it's exponentially increasing. This is something that Gordon Moore, who co-founded Intel, he said this in the, oh shit. Uh, he said it in the, it was either the late sixties or early seventies. I'm not gonna pretend to, to guess uh, which one it is but it was somewhere around that time frame where this law was first proposed. And surprisingly, maybe maybe not surprisingly, that trend has held up pretty well, even to this day, through many tactics and techniques. Um, but yeah, it still holds today. And back then, my micro technology was the big, was the biggest thing. So we're talking about things that are a hundred times smaller than the width of a hair. Now, uh, oh, sorry. 
microtechnology is at most a hundred times smaller than the width of a hair. Now that law still holds up as we're in the realm of nanotechnology, which is at least a thousand times smaller than the width of a hair. And the importance of this is that it became almost like a de facto guiding principle for the semiconductor, AKA the chip making industry. So these giant, like like uh, Samsung and Korea, uh, South Korea, Intel and Micron in the US, TSMC in Taiwan, these are the, the leaders, the giants of the semiconductor or chip making industry. And they are almost entirely responsible for all of the memory and the uh, processing the computer chips that go into the state-of-the-art electronics. So the state-of-the-art uh, consumer devices. So I mean things like you know, the newest iPhones, the newest laptops, um, the newest consumer devices. And uh, depending on the company, maybe even some of the old ones, maybe a lot of these chips are also going to automotive, so cars and airplanes. Uh, cars and airplanes tend to get the older chips because uh, those chips are more reliable and everyone, including us, the consumer and the manufacturer, everyone wants the most reliable technology to be in the cars and the airplanes for obvious reasons. But the newest chip, the, the, the basically the new chip of the year from these companies goes into the uh, the iPhone of the year or the, the Samsung Galaxy or the Google Pixel of the year, like the newest chips go into the newest phones and the newest laptops. That's how, and that's, that's why these semiconductor giants became giants in the first place is because they essentially had like a huge uh, market share of this, this the, the latest and greatest uh, nanotech, the, the latest and greatest like, uh, the transistor sizes, as, as they're called, the, the nodes, which is a, essentially a node is a single point on this Moore's law graph. It tell it's it, it's basically the size of what is the size of the transistor right now. So it's like, hey, well the transistor is at 22 nanometers here, so according to Moore's law, we should be at I don't know 17 nanometers in a year or two. I'm throwing out random numbers. I don't think these are I don't know if these are actual nodes. But that's the point, is that this, uh, this trend by Gordon Moore decades ago, it's still essentially driving and incentivizing the cycle at which new chips are made today. And this cycle, is ex this cycle has happened exponentially. The size of the transistor is falling exponentially over decades. So they're so small that these semiconductor companies started working with nanotechnology a long time ago. Um, like there's all the money they get from selling a buttload of computer chips to, you know, to, uh, to Apple and Samsung and Google and whoever makes these phones and laptops, HP, Dell, et cetera. All the money they got from selling to those customers, they put, you know, of course, they take that money for themselves. They have to run, they have to keep the company up. But, you know, they have so much of that money that they're able to pour a lot more money into research and development. And so they're able to 
prepare themselves for the, for the next node, for the next year, the next uh, two years, getting themselves ready to make the next, uh, the next, essentially the next uh, computer chip. So the next round of nanotechnology. Um, I, they actually prepare more in more in advance than two years. Um, like they, they, they're doing, they do R and D for, in many cases, I, I, I'm pretty sure they need more than two years, uh, to prepare for whatever chip they're going to release that year in terms of the processing. Cause, oh man, it is, it, it's a huge operation when you go into one of these clean rooms and see how big and just expansive like their clean rooms are, but. Uh, there's a lot of space and a lot of energy and a lot of time and dollars that goes into making sure that we can get more memory in our smartphones. <laughs> so the shortest answer to why is nanotech important? And I covered this in my blog post, but I want to cover it here for people who don't like to read. I don't like to read. I understand no hard feelings, but the, the quickest question, the quickest answer to the question, why is nanotech important? Is because hey, you couldn't have your smartphone without it. You couldn't have the mem- and you couldn't have better memory every year unless people were consistently working on it, like on uh, extending the horizon of nanotech. Which all this is true. Like I'm not exaggerating any of this. Uh, however, if that were the entire story, then I wouldn't be talking to you right now. I would not have this podcast, Nano Junkie. Um, so what I covered is actually the most mainstream use today of nanotechnology. And that is in consumer devices for memory and for computational power, essentially. But there are so many more uses, even today, um, that uh, in which nanotech is used. Much of it is in the research and development phase, so it's not talked about as much by um, by anybody. It's mainly talked about by me because that's the part that I'm excited about. You know, the mainstream use in your consumer devices is something that's going to continue until basically they can't make it anymore. Like an, until until the transistors become so small that they can't even make them smaller and then they have to do something else and they probably will figure it out given how many dollars are involved billions of dollars are involved in those companies those giants that made the computer chips um that's not that's not even as exciting to me anymore well about nanotech what's exciting is what's exciting is the use of nanoparticles and targeted drug delivery like targeted delivery of drugs to fight cancer cells or other therapeutics um, for people who need them in biomedicine and in the um, in biomedicine and the uh, biotech industries. The use of nanomaterials to make new sensors, sensors that have much better resolution and sensitivity <clears throat> and functionality than we've ever seen before because the nanomaterials they use are fundamentally behave differently than the normal components we use to make sensors. Um, <clears throat> the new materials that are being developed that have 
properties that have yeah, either been discovered by serendipity accidentally or materials that have been made with properties that have been tailored made properties that we sought and that we computed and made on purpose using machine learning and AI. We told me we can tell machine learning and AI to say, hey, I want a material that can do that, make me that molecule. And then they'll make it on the computer screen and then engineers will build it. So, uh, you know, making materials that are much stronger and lighter at the same time, that have a certain amount of thermal conductivity, that have electrical properties or optical properties that allow us to do many, that allow us to play around with light in new ways. Like this, those are the types of uses of nanotechnology that are not yet widespread, that are not yet mainstream, as I say. And those are the uses of nanotechnology that I am excited about. So that is the reason that NanoJunkie exists. Uh, if you didn't read my blog post on why is nanotech important, I just gave you the gist of it here, the entire thing. And so what I explain is, this is why I created NanoJunkie. There are all these uses for nanotechnology. They're still in the R&D phase for the most part, uh, but there are real companies, uh, startups mostly that are making and producing uh, nanotechnology and nanotech-based products at scale for other uses besides uh, the mainstream use of your uh, consumer devices. And so, and so there's a lot of potential and a lot of opportunity that will be had in the future. I say in the very near future, that's why, uh, that's why I'm so motivated to talk about it right now. Um, because of all these new technologies that are being developed, because so, uh, just like with any kind, just like with any kind of technology that has a lot of potential impact, the means to produce them become cheaper over time as people, as engineers and scientists, do more and more research into them, and as they find more and more and better ways to manufacture these tools. They will become cheaper, and as they become cheaper, um, engineers and other and other uh, people in industry will want to use them in products. They will, they will they will want to use them because they know and they or they can see or a scientist told them of the potential of that tool of of that nanoparticle or nanomaterial, et cetera, et cetera. And so I, I think the biggest barrier now is not, it's not even that we don't know that nanotech is going to be uh, amazing in every industry. It's, I think the biggest barrier is the cost. And that's, um, that's something that will be driven down over, over time. Uh, I talked to a, uh, I didn't talk to, I mostly listened to an angel investor yesterday and he mentioned that nanotechnology is something that has been around since like the 70s and that there's a lot of hype about it, but there's not much, there's not actually much activity happening there. Main, main, he's basically, he was basically saying that uh, it was, it's been all bark and no bite for years. And he's not completely wrong, 
from an investor standpoint. As an angel investor as a VC, which is type of the area that he was in, um, everyone's been talking about, a, a lot of people have been mentioning, you know, about nanotech for years and years. They've been saying, hey, nanotech companies are the way to go, or they're going to become really big very soon. So be ready to put your money into that. And so far, there have not been a huge wave of nanotech companies yet that are, that are coming out that are worth investing in. That's just the truth. And that's the reality of it for this angel investor. That makes sense why he would say that. So I'm not bashing him for what he said. I absolutely agree with him, actually. Uh, however, to add some context to that, like I said, his context is the investing world. My context is more of the technology, technological arena. So uh, from my perspective, I can say that nanotechnology has been, which was mainly, uh, which is a lot more theoretical back in the 70s, is now has been more and more uh, enabled, more and more, and more and more cheaper to make even since then. And the proof is because the proof is the smartphone that you're holding. The proof is the smartphone that I'm holding and that I'm using to record this probably uh Poor audio, poor, poor audio quality message right now. Uh, apparently, my my diction is poor audio too. Can't speak today. Uh, it's morning. I haven't done my uh, morning voice test yet. Probably should have done that to unclear my throat. Need to drink some tea or something. What was I talking about? Oh yeah. The wait. What, what was I talking about? Right, the angel investor. Yeah, so the proof is in the pudding, by which I mean, really, that the, the, the proof is all around us. All these consumer electronics that I mentioned. Hell, actually, every electronic, not even just consumer electronics. Consumer electronics just have the state of the art, like the latest and greatest chips. Every electronic that uses any type of memory at all which is, you know, most of them, is uh, like all these integrated circuits are possible at this scale or at that size because of the huge leaps and bounds that nanotechnology has made. So it has, since it's been first theorized or first uh, put up, written on paper, it's grown a lot more since then and in the past 40, 50 years. So... The hype in the investor world, I, I I do think that's a bit premature. I would never go to a VC and say, you need to look at nanotech. I would never do that because I, I, I know that there's still a high barrier of entry, which is cost. I don't tell anybody to put their money into a technology that's immature. And I also, uh, there are a lot of like startups and companies that are trying to do stuff in nanotech that can't make it at scale because of the cost. There are some that do. There are startups I've been looking at, including one called Cardia Bio, biotech startup. They are making products based on nanotech. There are more few and far between, which is why I don't hype up nanotech. I would not hype up nanotech for investing because they're few and far between. Um, 
those companies to, to invest in. But as that cost gets driven down, as it has been already over time, so too will the opportunities be driven upward. So too will the number of companies who are working with this technology will start to essentially come, they, so they'll seem to come out of the woodworks. It's going to be this wave of nanotech companies, nanotechnologies, nanotech products that hasn't come yet, that people have been hyping up to investors for years. It will come. I think it will come very soon. But it's not here yet. And in the meantime, I am covering microtechnology, microtechnology, which is on a thousand times larger scale, but still smaller than what we can see with the human eye. I, I still I want to cover that as well because there's a lot of room to grow there. There's a lot of new um, inventions and products that are being made there, as well as nanotechnology. I, 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 I myself am in a search for those companies and have found them and continue to find them who are building real products today. And I, I want to track their progress and see how they're doing and promote them to other people to learn more. And But the number of companies in that space, what I call the micro nano space, they will only grow over time. I, I think maybe if I had to put a number on it, and this is a very loose number based off of my own limited experience in the micro nano space. I think 10 years from now, so 2030, I'll be able to look around and see, it'll be much easier to find like nanotech companies. That's that's kind of a, uh, what do you call it? Yeah, that that was kind of a uh, empty response. Like of course in 10 years there's gonna be more companies. My point is, like, in terms of the way of nanotechnology companies, nanotech startups, I think maybe around 2030, we'll start to see that. Maybe even earlier. I would say five to 10 years, 2025 to 2030 is when I hope to see it. And uh, in the meantime, it's going to steadily grow over time, maybe like a little, like, maybe like linearly, steadily, but slowly up until that point. And then when the wave comes, the speed at which these companies are popping up are going to increase. It's going to become exponential for a little bit as the cost of, uh, as the cost of entry to manufacturing nanotech becomes smaller. And so um, that's kind of what I'm interested in right now is this things like uh, things like the National Nanotechnology Initiative or the NNI, which is a uh, you know, which is a essentially like a coalition of different federal and private agencies in the United States, which is where I am. And one one of their big strategies is to improve um, nano manufacturing, which is the means to make to manufacture nanotech or in the tools that we need to make nanotech. And so I think that's really a cool thing. Uh, I want to look more into it to see what's kind of going on there. It seems like they're mainly funding research or to, and different companies. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I think uh, it just goes to show you that the, the federal government and many companies find this important, and they're all working on 
They're literally pouring like millions and billions of dollars into improving manufacturing for these uh, nanotech tools. And of course, as the manufacturing improves, the cost goes lower because then you can produce more at a time, et cetera, et cetera. These, these are the reasons I think in the next decade we'll start to see something that resembles a wave. I'll really be looking forward to that. But right now, we are past 28 minutes, so I'm going to go ahead and cut this off. This is the longest episode I've had in a while. No script, actually, on this one, and I really like it. My biggest issue is I have to stop myself from rambling. Uh, truth be told, I did a whole episode before this, and I literally just had to delete the whole thing. <laughs> I don't, I'm not a big fan of deleting content that one makes, but... Uh, I, for that one, I just rambled so much that I have to redo this. And I think in this one, I may have rambled again, but I covered much in much shorter sentences what I wanted to cover. And uh, that's why I'm going to release this one. So if you're hearing this one, this is the one that got released, obviously. All right. But that's all from me today. I am Ari, your continued solo host for the time being, of Nano Junkie. And uh, I will see you next time. Happy New Year, and take it easy.